Hey, fellow Boundary Breakers, if your current delegation systems are not working to get you out of the day-to-day in your business, there is an exercise on our website that is the first step to get you out of the delegation catch-22. I'm going to throw the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and download. The current state of company values from my perspective today is that in the majority of our company values, we are just paying lip service to a set of values that, you know, we may think we really believe in them. We may really do believe in them. But in the majority of times, we're just paying lip service. We are using our company values to drop into the about page on our website as kind of tokens of, hey, we've done the work. We want you to know what great people we are because we have all of these values. And in some cases, these values can actually work against us because they feel really inauthentic. Welcome to another episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer. I am the founder of She Sweet Boutique. With over 20 years of marketing and business management experience, I work with small businesses and female founders using our signature business blueprint. On the show, you get tools, advice, resources, support, and encouragement that resonates with the modern businesswoman. So, fellow boundary breakers, let's dive in. Hello, fellow Boundary Breakers. Welcome to today's episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. This is the podcast that's going to challenge you to forget those stale, outdated, and inflexible business strategies and embrace a new way of achieving success on our own terms and also leave room for your life in the process. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about how we communicate our company values and why that makes such a difference in how our businesses perform and operate. And as typical for one of our podcast episodes, today we're going to be lifting up a fellow female founder. We will tackle this topic of company values and then we will close with today's vent or deep thoughts from yours truly. So first, let's talk about one of my favorite influencers. And I don't really get into this whole influencer thing very much. But when I do, I find somebody that I really resonate with. And that is Melissa Urban. Melissa Urban is the co-founder and now the 100% owner, founder of The Whole 30, which is sort of a an elimination style diet, and it's kind of morphing into this health and lifestyle brand. One of the things I love about Melissa Urban is just her 100% true authenticity. She has, according to her Instagram stories that I follow and several interviews that she's done and articles that she's been featured in, She has a history of sexual abuse, of dealing with that through drug addiction and depression, and her personality sort of at the beginning of the launch of Whole30 was sort of this tough love, hard-ass personality. 
I have been a big fan of the Whole30 for quite some time because I have done several Whole30s and the health benefits that I have achieved from doing a Whole30 have been so awesome that I started following her and I've loved watching this transformation of Melissa from this judgmental kind of shaming hard ass with a tough love personality to someone who embraces empathy, inclusion, and who uses support instead to inspire people to work towards better versions of themselves. And she has inspired me incredibly to examine my own patterns, my ways of thinking, the external influences to my thought processes. So her impact goes way beyond her diet books. She is a multi-time best-selling author of all of the whole series of Whole30 books. So she's got, I don't even know all of them. I did not list them here, but she's got a couple of Whole30 books that talk about the program and how to do it. And then she has one that was recently released called Food Freedom, which talks about life after Whole30. And I know she has a couple of other books that she has released since that kind of diverge a little bit off of the topic of food. Anyway, she has the Whole30, which is actually a whole program. So you can can actually get certified as a Whole30 coach and help other people through their Whole30s, which is not for the faint of heart, to be honest with you, but totally worth the effort. You can follow her on Instagram. She is at Melissa U on Instagram. She does daily stories. In fact, she she rarely talks about her Whole30 program, to be honest. So it is super interesting to follow her. You can also subscribe to her weekly newsletter, which is XOMU. Her tips in her newsletter actually help me be present with myself, right? When you're self-aware. Or you can try her Whole30 program, which is really about so much more than food. Melissa Urban, I love you. If I send her a DM, she responds to every single one. She's got hundreds of thousands of followers, and my guess is that she responds to all of them. So she's invested in her audience, and she cares about them. So Melissa, I'm lifting you up today. You are amazing. Thanks for inspiring me and other women and everyone out there to be better versions of themselves. Let's get into our content today. Speaking of being better versions of ourselves, it is a really relevant topic today to talk about company values. So we're going to be talking about communicating those company values today, how we do it, and then how to actually get some benefit from our company values. The current state of company values from my perspective today, from the she-sweet perspective, is that in the majority of our company values, we are just paying lip service to a set of values that, you know, we may think we really believe in them. We may really do believe in them. But in the majority of times, we're just paying lip service. We are using our company values to drop into the about page on our website as kind of tokens of, hey, we've done the work. We want you to know what great people we are because we have all of these values. And in some cases, These values can actually work against us because they feel really inauthentic. 
like people can tell, okay, you've used the word integrity because everybody uses the word integrity, right? The other current state of company values today is that we are not using them the way they could be used in our business to actually provide some benefit. So let's use today as an opportunity to think about our values and how we're using them in the business. And here are some ideas for you for ways that you can maybe change how you approach your company values. Our company values really are the moral compass of the company. So they should be decided on and worded in a way it's easy to act on them day to day. They are the moral compass of the company. Wow, that carries some weight when we talk about it that way, doesn't it? Our values are used to influence our messaging. And our messaging can come through in everything we do. Our messaging comes through in our marketing. It comes through when we're talking to our customers in customer service. It comes through when we're putting things out on social media. Our messaging is featured on our physical product. It's everywhere. Your message is everywhere. Your message is every touch point you have with your audience, with your team, and with your customer. Wow, that's also heavy, isn't it? Your values dictate how you talk to and handle your team members and how you talk to and handle your customers. Your values are the thing that comes through your brand and helps you to engage with the right customers. And the right customers are the people that are most likely to buy from you. Your values do that. And finally, your values are an incredible decision-making tool. They are, going back to that first point I made, they are your moral compass. And so absolutely, they are a decision-making tool. So how do we create company values that feel authentic, that feel connected to our purpose and our focus and emanate our brand? How do we do that? Many company values are actually already halfway written for you. So if you listened to the previous episode, episode six, on creating your purpose and focus statements, Many of your company values are already apparent just in that simple exercise. And if you go back and look through that exercise, it might spark you to think of some values that are tied to that company purpose. So when you're thinking of your values, they absolutely have to align. They have to be connected in some way. Another thing that I, another tool, I guess you could call it, that I use when I'm getting clients to think about their values. And this can be hard, right? Because there are so many great values out there and narrowing it down to the ones that just are relevant to us or our business is hard because it's like, you know what, I could have a hundred values and that's true. And what we're really trying to get to is to prioritize those values to the ones that are the most relevant to your brand. I ask clients to think about their soapbox. If you are standing on a soapbox in front of a group of people, what are you preaching to them? What are the topics you are talking about and the topics you are preaching? That can sometimes help us discover 
what's important to us in terms of values. Now, another point I want to make when you're creating these values is to consider why that value is so important to you. Why does that value exist on your priorities radar? The context of your values is probably more important than the value itself. The example I want to use is if you have a list of values and maybe your values are integrity, honesty, inclusivity, those are some values we see quite often. But I want to point out that integrity is open to interpretation, right? It's a broad concept. So when you're thinking about defining your values, it's most helpful to describe or explain what does integrity mean to you and why is it important? And that is the company value that's relevant, it's impactful, and it's meaningful. It's meaningful to you and it's meaningful for your team members because when they understand the value, why it's important, that is when they can use that concept in their day-to-day business, when they understand the value. And the last point I want to make about creating company values is it's almost like there's two categories, right? We have this line of thinking about our internal team and our internal company values, because those might be a little bit different than our external or our customer world values. So it's okay, I think, for you to think of them independently. So consider how you think of your internal values with your employee and your team members and write those values out and then separately think about your external customer and the world and what values you hold for that space. And then when you're done, you have this inclusive list of your values. So now that we understand how to make a meaningful and relevant value, we might be wondering, how do I use this or incorporate these values into my business every day? When we think about how to use our values in our day-to-day business, we have to think beyond the token bullet points on our about page. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't list your values on your about page on your website. But what I am saying is that they mean nothing to list them on your webpage unless you are living them out. The first place that I can think of your values making a big difference is when you are choosing who to have on your team. So if you're bringing new people onto the team or you're making a decision whether somebody might not be a good fit for the team and whether you need to let them go, look at your values and look at your team members and ask yourself for each of those values, what does that team member show me in terms of their willingness and ability to not only understand, but to live out or carry out that value in the terms of their job every day? So that's really important. You can also use your values when you're creating your marketing copy. And when I say when you're creating your copy, I don't mean that we are regurgitating our values into our copy in certain places. What I mean is that these values live above our messaging so that when we're writing things, the things we write kind of just inherently 
assume these values through how we communicate. The same goes with our social media. If you have integrity as one of your values, you are not going to be stealing other people's social media content and posting it as your own. Am I right? So that is what that looks like in practice. Another thing that our values can impact that you might not be considering is our operations, our processes, and our procedures. Because if we value customer experience, for example, or if we have this value that the customer is always right, we are not going to be creating processes and procedures that cut corners on customer experience. Okay? So do you see how that can be used to make those kinds of decisions? As we're adding new products and services to our lineup, do they align with our values? And as we're speaking to our customers through our customer service channel, are we engaging with our customers in a way that aligns with our values? There is an endless list of how our values impact our business day to day. And the importance of the values is that each and every person on your team has the willingness and the ability to carry out those values in everything they do every day. And that is the power of those values and the power of incorporating those powers into your brand. So to summarize or wrap up what we talked about today, the most important thing I want you to take away from this is that our values need to have context. We can't just make a bulleted list of, you know, three to five words and expect people to understand what that value means. We have to give our values a place in our day-to-day business that lives beyond the about page on our website. And finally, the true value of a company value, there's a lot of value in this statement, is how those values show up day-to-day. It's not in the bullet points. Okay. It is time for deep thoughts today. And since we are lifting up Melissa Urban today, I actually wanted to call attention to a couple of points that she's made recently that really literally made me stop. I had to stop what I was doing when I read this because I got tears in my eyes, honestly. So I subscribed to the Melissa's XOMU newsletter. And this first newsletter that really touched my soul was this idea of paying yourself first. I kind of really get this because one of the concepts we use in our business is profit first. We love this concept of profit first because the idea behind profit first is if you're into business, you have to make the money, right? I mean, you you can't just be in business and not pay yourself. So you have to pay yourself first, and then whatever money is left over is what money that you have to run the business. Makes total sense. And the same thing applies here in Melissa's XOMU newsletter about paying yourself first is on self-care, If I am taking care of everyone else first, which as a mom, I have the tendency to do that without even realizing it. Even my dog does this to me. I swear to God, the second I sit down at night after the kids have gone to bed, I 
do not even get my left foot tucked under me on the couch before the dog is scratching at the door to go out. And he will do this like 18 times in the next 30 minutes. So even the dog is commanding me to give something to him before I've had time to rest and relax and decompress from the day. So what happens when we give everything to everyone else first before we make sure that our mind is healthy and our body is healthy and our spirit is healthy is that even when we're showing up for those other people, we're not showing up well. And this is not new news to us as moms. So when I don't take care of myself, I am crabby with my kids. I yell at them a lot. I'm resentful. And the same thing can happen for our clients is when we don't take care of ourselves first, we are of no use to them. So I think what Melissa is saying here is that you are actually doing everybody else a favor. Something I've started doing recently, this was actually doctor's orders, something I started doing recently that had never occurred to me. How does this not occur to me? I have like two college degrees and this never occurred to me. My doctor says, well, can you just take Wednesday night off? He's like, it's just like two to three hours, right? Where you don't have to cook for the kids. You don't have to pick them up from school. You don't like you have literally nothing else to do that night, but just relax. Holy Hannah, are you kidding me? Why had I never thought of that? That is very easy to implement. And I noticed that when I started doing this on Wednesdays, my stress level is so much lower because there is not hardly a single second of my life that somebody is not commanding of me and commanding of my time, somebody that is not me. So I love this idea that Melissa is talking about paying yourself first. Now, another kind of related topic in a different XOMU newsletter she sent out is called, she called it taking up slack. So her son is doing rappelling, rock climbing, I guess you call it. (laughs) And when he is climbing and he gets tired, he yells down some command to the instructor on the ground. And then the instructor holds onto the rope and takes up the slack so that he can rest his arms and his legs and be, you know, rejuvenated to complete his climb. This is something that I am not very good at in my daily life. And it's directly tied to this idea of paying yourself first is on that Wednesday night when I need that time to de-stress. Who's taking care of the kids? Who's getting them dinner? Who's picking them up from school? I have to rely on someone else. I have to ask someone else to take up that slack. And if I don't have anyone to take up that slack, I don't get that pay myself first time. So these are just two concepts that really made me stop and think about tiny changes I might make in my life to improve the quality of not only my life, but the quality of my family life, the quality of my friend's life, 
I really encourage you to go follow Melissa on Instagram. She's dropping value bombs like that all the time. Or if you're not on Instagram, just subscribe to her email newsletter. It's once a week. And I guarantee you every single newsletter she puts out always causes me to pause and think. If you liked anything you heard on today's episode, or you want to talk about it a little bit more, I want to invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Casey Gromer. Tell me you heard the podcast and I will know you're not a spammer. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Casey underscore Gromer. And I will be in both of these places. You can reach out to me, send me a DM drop into my DMs, as they like to say, the the younger kids. And I want to leave you with this permission to get out there and break some boundaries this week. Honey, what is it that you wanted to tell our listeners today? Get out there and break some boundaries and do it for me and my generation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. If you enjoyed this episode, would you be willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in? You can connect with me on LinkedIn using the link in the show notes. And until next week, don't be afraid to get out there and break some boundaries.